the heat is just constant. Mm-hmm. It is hot. Welcome, welcome to a podcast at some time of day where it's still eighty plus degrees. Remember how a while back you said that, like, man, it's so crazy. There's ash all the time near me. Oh, uh, we woke up to ash on our cars this morning. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we there's par- no fire near us, but there's ash on our cars. Uh, we park inside, um, and there is a fire near us. So, is Yay. there ash on everything else that's not your cars? Uh. Yeah, it's pretty light currently because the wind is blowing uh, towards you, funny. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 17,000 acres, last I heard. So So I think we eclipsed as a state. We live in the state of California, as you could probably guess. Uh, Two million acres burned this season so far. Cool. I've been reading a lot of documents about like old school California before fire prevention and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like a million acres a year would have been common prehistorically. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that. Yeah. It's tough to say. Cause like for a while the rules were like fire prevention at all costs. Right. And snuff it out, snuff it out now. Yeah. And that's not actually what they do currently. No. Um, but in a lot of cases, you know, the uh, the controlled burns and stuff is something that they didn't used to do at all, right? right. And and aren't, isn't accounted for in those statistics even generally, so. Yeah. Now the philosophy is to just save structures if you can. Right. And like, you know, I continue to make the argument that, hey, maybe we shouldn't let people build this deep in these canyons and maybe they should, you know. You should be able to sign a waiver that says the fire department isn't coming to save you. And if it, there's a fire, bye. Like, I I just, hmm. people are living too far out there, man. You can't just go live in the middle of the wilderness and expect the fire department to show up and save you. Like, that's just not how cities of, work. There's a lot of communities that are already built in these canyon areas that we could do a lot of prevention to protect that we don't do. And, you know, uh, in, in some of those communities... Uh, people are responsible for clearing brush and they then don't do they don't do it and then their houses burn down and then the government bails them out like you know it's a anyway it's a process man i i don't there's a lot of problems on all directions yeah i think that that's not the biggest of them i think the the number of those houses is small enough that the the issues are there are larger issues at play than specific homes already built in canyons i think that they're that you're right about homes that are going to be built, especially that they just slap on the sides of hillsides and mm-hmm. there's no get fire a, break. There's you get no a great view there, Andy. Like the middle of a hill looks how great it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fire burns right up to your back door. Mm-hmm. Or the or your ground floor, depending on how you build your house. I've, I've been in those homes. It's not fun or, or pretty. Uh, welcome to a podcast that we haven't introduced yet. It's uh, We Were Gamers. JJ's here. Hello. Andy's here. Michael is on a uh, assignment. Yep. And we'll return hopefully next week. We'll see. But it's a holiday. We're recording on a Monday. Happy American Labor Day to everybody. Uh, take a minute to think about all those fun and exciting things you get to do. Like take days off, etc. Could use a few more of these, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, think, I think that that has been borne out this year, don't you think? What maybe. if more holidays? What if maybe... I feel like that's a really reasonable request. At the beginning of the year where there's those big gaps, maybe we could squeeze another one or two in there. Yeah, throw one in on like, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be in like, you know, October or November or December. Those those are busy no. months. Mm-hmm. What about like uh, June? June could use a, use a day off. Sure could. Like July? July's got one. Okay. August doesn't have anything. What about August? What? What if what if summers just became work from home? Well, I think it more reasonable companies will begin to do that actually. I think that working from home is going to become a lot more common because this proved to companies that they can do it and in a lot of cases the people don't become completely useless, right? I think so, yeah. right. I think borne out by probably um my wife's company obviously already is talking about well, maybe, you know, we can do this thing where if you really don't need to be in the office that day, 
you just tell your boss ahead of time and take yeah. you to working from home. And that is a much more common, you know, um, my company similarly is doing something like that. Uh, and, you know, they're talking like, oh, you know, I don't know that we're going to keep doing this forever. And, you know, it's just for now because we have to. And um, but they set up all this infrastructure for it. <laughs> they, they allowed all this uh, these connections and stuff like why why take them away if they can be useful in the future. Right. I do think it's valuable for companies to think about the amount of money they've spent helping people work this way. Yeah. And not lighting it all on fire. Oh, and like, you know, in a lot of cases, the company spent no money helping us do this and we can do it anyway. Right. Like they didn't give me anything and I'm doing it. And I know some people that had, I mean, Google and a couple others gave huge allowances to people to go out and buy work desks. Which, you know, I mean, like for a company like Google or, you know, other companies that maybe expect you to do more hours maybe in a week than I do. Uh uh, You know, I I can see that being reasonable, Uh, but they just expect me to work normally. I am working normally. It turns out I don't need to be there. And in some cases, you know, I, I'm not as productive as I could be, right? Because I can't just go talk to so-and-so down the office, down the row and be like, Hey man, what is this or the other thing? And then sure. get on with my day. Uh, you have to have a meeting now and having a meeting is a giant pain <laughs> and that's like a waste of everyone's time. It but you know, how do you lay down? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, so it's trade-offs. They've I'm shown sure. some productivity increases. It can be. And, it, you know, it just depends. And people are different, right? Some people work better in that office setting. They have more, you know, focus and they can do things better. Other people, the exact opposite, right? The office setting is stressful. They don't want people walking by their desk all the time. They don't want to be talking to people or whatever. Yeah. And then at home, they can work better because you can focus and stuff. Right. So, you know, it's just different, it's different strokes. I think it will be a much more common thing to work from home. I don't know that it will be like permanent all the time like it is for everyone now. But I think it will be an option and people won't just be like, oh, why would you do that? It'll just be, yeah, okay, they're working from home for a week or whatever. Right. Um, I think that that leads in good, well, bleh, gooder, better. Okay. I think that's a good lead in to an email we got that I wanted to answer. I know, and we, this is true, uh, we are podcast be- at weweregamers.com, podcast at weweregamers.com, an email address. Where you could send us email. We batch Also emails. subscribe to our YouTube. Yes. Uh-huh. You can message us on platforms. You can send us tweets, Instagram comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, we batch emails mostly and then do a huge episode, like every 20 episodes or something. But um, this one was in relation to some advice we gave about building a computer. And someone was looking mm. to So Alex uh, asked uh that we had mentioned buying a windows 10 product key on g2a uh they were around 20 dollars. was this the price you're referring to built a new computer which uh i assume was maybe for working from home <laughs> and uh they wanted to grab a key so they didn't have to move stuff over yes i this is not an advertisement for g2a i am saying that there I'm- are yeah, go ahead. Uh, you you make your comment, but there are places out there to purchase these keys. The retail on those keys is around $100. So if you're able to grab one for 20 for the hassle from somewhere akin to that, um, I liked G2A because I got a digital key immediately through a company, and I made very sure to use my PayPal so there was no credit card information given to G2A. Go with your comment. Uh the correct thing you did there was not give them your credit card information. Uh, G2A is a gray market key seller. They take keys that people give them, either companies or uh, individuals even, and resell them, right? So yeah. like the idea being that I have a key for a game that I purchased or got through a Humble Bundle or got through... You know, some fell off a truck. However, the key came into your possession, right? Came with a video card and you don't want the game or you have it already, whatever. You have this key and they provide a marketplace for you to sell this key. Consequently, the costs of all these games are like rock bottom. You can get games and stuff on here on these websites too, right? And then that part is not so bad, right? Where it's like this guy has a key, you sell the guy a key, you buy the key from that person okay, right? It's like eBay in that way. That's not not the problem. The problem is G2A markets itself as a storefront where they sell things. 
<laughs> whether or not maybe they have the inventory of those things or not is not exactly clear all the time. You can pre-order games on that place. How does that work? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I think, and, and I think in yeah, the case so, of this specific answer, we want. I want to be very clear in this specific realm of possibility, a G two A like site for a Windows key relatively safe purchase as long as you do not give them personal information or a credit card use a yeah, paypal yeah. i i would say most of these kinds of sites there are other ones besides g2a as well to be clear uh all of them take paypal and then all of them require you to jump through extra hoops to use credit cards those hoops are there for a reason hmm. don't jump them <laughs> use the <laughs> paypal um yeah. So, you know, and the, uh, if the keys go bad or they're not delivered when they're supposed to be or whatever, your options for getting your money back are pretty bad. Yeah. And that's pretty bad. Yeah. One of the benefits of the G2A over some other sites that are similar, especially like an eBay, is that they, in theory, send you your key immediately. You can try it out right then. And then you might have some repercussion versus an eBay where you could spend weeks trying to chase somebody for a key. Yeah. Uh, it, I've heard so many horror stories about G2A and other other sites like that yep. relating to games mostly, not really necessarily about Windows. Um, yep. But, you know, in general, I think the uh, Windows keys, it's not like Windows is out there policing the legality of their keys that closely anymore. They just want everyone to be on Windows 10. I mean, you can still do that free upgrade from Windows 7 to Windows 10. Like, yeah. they're, they're still allowing that, even though they said they stopped it years ago. So, yeah. Um, it's that's, probably pretty safe for that. It's relatively so. safe. That I think that's a good enough answer there. So I want to get that out of the way because that's a timely question. So yeah, thanks yeah, for your email, for sure. Alex, and uh, everyone else. We're batching emails together for another episode, so send them in to podcast at weweregamers dot com. Yeah, please. All right. Uh, hey man, how you been? I'm tired, buddy. Yeah, I got. I mean, it's hurt. It's, it's been pretty hot, so that's reasonable to be tired. How about um? It was like 111 on Sunday. Hey, that's uh, above pretty hot. I would I would rate that in the like, dang, it's hot zone. You know what get really hot in the sun? Um, everything. Closed cars. Mm. That sit yeah. there all day. Also, things that get really hot. Apparently, phones. My wife's phone decided it was too hot and is now broken. Yeah, that's a thing. I've heard of that happen before. Phones that get left in hot, really hot places, the battery's just like, mm, no, I think you're trying to explode now. We're going to stop. <laughs> uh, I've heard people have said you stick them in the freezer and they get better. Okay. Um, I don't know. I've never had that happen to me. I think this might be an Apple trip. But, uh, hey, we picked the hottest day of the month slash year, maybe? Ain't over yet, man. <laughs> oh God! Why you? Why you say? Why you jinx? Speaking truth here. I know. I know. Uh, we we did some car shopping. Oh yeah. Okay. I am curious how this went in the COVID era. It was very interesting. If you already knew what car you wanted, I'm already experiencing how you would buy a car. And that would be very different in the COVID era as well. Did I talk about our SUV on this podcast? I feel like you've mentioned that it's been in the shop a couple of times. California has a law called the Lemon Law. It's not actually the name of the law, but it's been called that. That, that is what it's known as, though. We have enacted it. and It is uh, also present in other states. I don't know how many, but yeah, some of them have it. We have enacted it for the current manufacturer of our vehicle. I don't know if I'm allowed to say. I signed a piece of paper. Whatever. Uh, signed a non-disclosure agreement? I, it's, it's unclear. You definitely had to sign one if for certain types of dealing with this. I don't think you had to for this. But I'm just going to be better safe than sorry. Okay. Anyway. So we're in the market for a new car because the car that we used to have is gone. Because it sucked and broke all the time. Let's be clear. The car in general was fun to drive. However, if it drips oil all the time and never stops, even after you've taken it in for seven repairs, 
as I said, it sucks and is broken all the time. <laughs> Whether it's fun to drive or not is not not relevant. Anyway, we had we wanted to step up in size to the three row crossover size. So we hadn't driven any of those really, except for the Ford Explorer, mm-hmm. which and is I mean these are the, SUVs. That's yeah, not even SUVs. a crossover anymore. So they, I mean, a lot of them are on car frames still. I mean, uh, they're big. <laughs> they're big, yeah. So, so you're, do, you're talking full-size SUVs here. Not as big as like a Tahoe or a Navigator or an Expedition. Those are massive and on truck lifted frames and stuff. I'm talking like 195 inches long. You know, like a, a normal American F-150 pickup truck is like 230 inches long. Right. So, you know, a good two and a half, three feet shorter than a pickup truck, a big full-size pickup truck. Okay. Um, But bigger than that Audi you guys got. Well, we got a small crossover. Right. So we the smallest one, in fact. So, yeah. or uh, of the, of the ones that manufacturer makes anyway. Right. Yeah. So, uh-huh. where'd you go? What'd you look at? How was the experience? We did nine dealers, 13 vehicles, which was absolutely insane on a day that hot. That's too many, man. JJ, this might be the best thing to happen to car buying of all time. Okay. At almost all of the dealers, we walked in, said what we wanted to test drive. Some had different processes and amounts of things they wanted to hold on to from us or have us mm-hmm. sign. And then almost all of them handed us a pair of keys and said, be back in 15 minutes. Hmm. That's, that's probably nice. I quite enjoyed it because you pull over, you could talk about the car the whole time. We had already done a lot of research on the features of the car. So it wasn't almost never anything that we needed to ask a salesperson about with these cars, knowing that, you know, the risk of going out to these places, they're almost all the same. That's what I was just about to say. The The features parity is pretty common, I imagine, right? It's not like, oh my gosh, this one brand has 10 features that aren't on the other ones. No, it's all about how you buy them and at what cost. Yeah, right? and like how do you want to option them, right? right. Like, that's so the, the thing. The Japanese cars, the Korean cars, they'll give you adaptive cruise control at $30,000. Well, mm-hmm. some of the American cars, you can't get your adaptive cruise control until $45,000. Some of the German cars... Who knows when you get adaptive cruise control? <laughs> uh, it's like a $2,000 option that you yeah. either get or you don't get, right? Right, exactly. Um, so it's all about where you option the things in and what quote-unquote value you think you're getting at a certain price point with all these vehicles. If Unless you move up to like the luxury class of cars. Um, we have two kids, so we assume these cars are going to get beat up and luxury cars are in our future, not our current present. Seems reasonable. I loved it. I loved walking into a dealer and being like, I want to test drive that Hyundai Palisade over there. And then they were like, okay, don't crash it. Give me your ID. I'm just going to take a picture of it. Okay. Uh, so I'm more curious about like, were there any precautions being taken other than like, obviously the guy not going with you or, you know, girl or whoever the, the salesperson, except for one dealer, everyone was masked everywhere. Okay. Um, it was unclear. Oh, let's call out this dealer. Who was it? Never. No one ever okay. go there. Uh, got to throw them under the bus, dude. This is should I say acceptable. the specific one or just the brand? Oh, you can say the specific one. They don't listen to this. Mm, that's true. Yeah, the Tustin Auto Center GM dealer. All right. Not good. No one. No one not good. Chevrolet or GM? Not specifically? Chevy. GM specifically. Okay. Yeah. Don't go there, people. That place sucks. It was very odd. It was like. I was taken aback. And that was the one where they wanted to ride with us. And I'm like, you're not wearing a mask. I don't. Yeah, absolutely not. No, no. (laughs) It's okay. Their car wasn't as fun to drive. And it was very small. Okay. Um, So let's see. Bye, Felicia. Yeah, bye. We did nine different brands. I don't know if I need to list them all. Hey, you know, you could list the, maybe we list the finalists or whatever. Finalists, yeah, we're down down to to that many. We're down to a top four. Uh, okay. which is the two Korean cars, the Kia, uh, Telluride, the Hyundai Palisade, 
which, which are the are same car, but essentially like essentially the same car. They drive Badge almost Brothers or exactly whatever. the same. Platform mates, I think they're platform called. mates. That's the word I was trying to think of. What it was? Mm-hmm. Badge Brothers is wrong. Platform mates is the thing. Uh, very similar vehicles in their driving experience. So much so that once we drove the second one, we were kind of bored. <laughs> we we're like, okay, yeah, we drove this already. Extremely uh, popular, those cars, I'm told. Uh, yeah, they all have markup, which is a future problem uh, that I can talk about with the COVID way of buying cars. But um, the VW Atlas, which is mm-hmm. massive. Yeah, that's a full-size three-row required kind of thing. It's it's huge. And uh, Ford Explorer. Okay. All right. so, they yeah. seem like solid cars generally. I mean, well yeah. regarded in all and directions, I believe. I think you can just kind of, it's like, like you said, they're almost all very similar. You get nitpicky. I'm very glad we, even though it was a risk to do the test driving part was essential. It, it removed nine cars, you know, from consideration. We drove that Subaru. Which one? Uh, the uh, the Forester? Ascent. Okay, the the bigger one than the, bigger the Forester, one. then. And I, I know people like this car, but I'm going to say right now, man, after you make a tight and quick turn, I've never felt a car wobble afterwards. Bo- body roll, huh? Not even body roll. Body roll is a thing that you can fight and know that it exists, especially with all-wheel drive. It's actually something you can kind of lean into. Um, but when the car straightened itself out, it just rocked between... It's suspension left and right. Whoa. Yeah. And I could, I could maybe one eighth turn the wheel. That was the amount of play in that car before it started turning. Hmm. Not Weird. good. Yeah. It should be tight, you know? Um, we, back when we were looking at cars, we test drove the Forester and my wife liked that one quite a lot. It's a smaller uh, car. I, it's built on a better f- frame, I think, for that yeah, size vehicle. It's not as tall. It's I've driven a Forester before, and I've ridden in a couple, and they are a much tighter vehicle, I would say, in terms yeah, of their... I was going to say, I, I drove it for two blocks or something, and I did not remember any of this. So yeah, the, it the must lower, just be endemic to this one in specific. I just think the... Or like, the, you know, this, yeah. this class of those. I mean, this Ascent is on an Impreza frame. I think it's too small of a frame. It just can't handle the size of the vehicle they stuck on there. Okay, crazy. That's my opinion. I'm not a car reviewer, but, uh, you know, it, that was kind of the experience with the nine cars we took off the list. It was like you, you'd sit in one and be like, well, this is the upper trim. It's not as good as the lower trim on that other car we saw, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the... I know you weren't looking at the luxury ones. I think you would have been surprised at how many features are not on the luxury ones standard. I am not surprised by that. I priced a Cadillac uh, XT6 to the same specs as the cars that we ended up liking to see if we needed to go look at some luxury brands. Mm. I had to get to like $66,000 before I could finally add in blind spot protection. The safety stuff that is free on some of the family and like uh, uh, Japanese brands. And I, I guess I don't know if they're on the Korean brands, but Absolutely. the Japanese brands I know for sure, like Toyota and stuff, have like tons of safety tech on the base model. Like the one that's $28,000 that is like a $2,000 option on a luxury car, which is insane. Like why do you have to pay extra for like blind spot monitoring yeah. and like lane keep assist and stuff. That's like, it's literally on a $28,000. It really does make the RAV four. Yeah. It makes the buying process, especially for a lot of the luxury German and American cars feel extremely archaic for sure. It, it ends up becoming like a, like it's just a game, right? They, because the ones that, without those options there are none of those on the lot. Exactly. That's the game. And so then playing, it's like, who right? cares even like, why is it even an option? Every dealer has every one of these options. And mm-hmm. so then the base price isn't whatever, you know, 40 something thousand, whatever they said, it's actually 52 because all of them have all these options. Like anyway, I hate that. <laughs> they get all you. right. So you got down to four, you got down to four and, and a lot of these are kind of 
popular or in limited stock due to the production facilities and COVID and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, cars are hard to get off boats right now. So the process is trying to find one that's not marked up because I'm not a sucker. Right. Uh, I think it's... Pay, uh, pay MSRP, dude. I mean, you could, but you could also pay under. I'd be hard to pay under these days with how short supply some of these cars are. But like... Like, definitely don't pay over. We've given... Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've given some advice about shopping for games on this show, and people love cars, and sometimes they'll pay markups, especially for something that's... You know, oh, they Brand only ever made 5,000 or... of these, or I'm going to get the first five, one of the first five VINs or something like that. Maybe that's a place that you should do that. But if you're buying a mass production vehicle off of a lot, come on, don't, don't, I've, don't buy into the game of it's popular. I've, so I need to pay extra. I think the, I think even the, like, if they're making 5,000 of them, by that's not that limited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not that limited. 5,000 is a big number, man. Know, like they're making yeah. a lot of them. You can buy it, that means used. they're going to make 5,000 next year too yeah. and the year after that. Yeah. You know, and yeah, so it, you know, it, um I will talk about um services I've used in the past. I have a uh I don't know if you guys are members of a credit union. Mhm. Uh my credit union has a car locator service cool. for free as part of my membership. You call them this. Um, I've only ever dealt with one lady there. I don't know if there are more people at this company or not. But anyway, uh, I, I've dealt with this lady, Cheryl, and she calls like you tell her like, hey, I want a car. I want this car, you know, this year or, you know, whatever. These are the options I would like, but I'm flexible, you know, and then she goes, OK, and then calls you back next you know, two weeks later with here's three dealers that have that car. Here are the prices they're willing to give. You can sign with any of them and it's done. Um, That's a pretty good version of that service. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Uh, and, and you know, normally fees are charged for these people, you know, like maybe it's a, a couple hundred dollars or whatever. Um, but it, since it's part of my credit union membership, I don't pay that. I think there's a couple uh, others. Uh, car pros is one is a web is a radio show and they have one of these types of like services. Yeah. The, the car locator services, I think is kind of what they're called. There are several of them uh, out there. Uh, Costco and has that, a version of this that you don't do a locator. You just contact the internet sales managers at these um, dealers. You ask if they do Costco and you can ask to see a Costco invoice, mm-hmm. um, which is usually somewhere below or at MSRP, depending on the vehicle. Sometimes the dealers hearing that you have Costco will try to beat that price by like a hundred bucks or something so that you feel like just closing the deal. Yeah. It's a, uh, it, and then there's all this stuff. I, I read a uh, Chelsea, like how to be here. a yeah. like really hardball negotiator. I watched a YouTube video on this because I was bored one day. And the like hardball negotiating stuff in for cars is so different now because it requires you to have knowledge of things that like aren't necessarily like public knowledge to you, right? Sure, sure. Like if you want to absolutely get the rock bottom price that despite whatever that guy tells you, right? The salesperson will say, oh, this is the lowest I can go. No chance that they're telling you the truth, right? That's just not how it is. And there's no reason they would ever want to really sell you the rock bottomist price unless it's like, you know, a car that's been sitting on the lot for a super long time, a really unpopular color, you know, something that just like no one actually wants. Right, of course. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to get like these super rock bottom, really cheap deals that people talk about online, like it requires you to actually like talk to people and to know what like the markup rates are in the dealers you have and like to be flexible and, in what you want too. You cannot buy absolutely, pop- and you have to be willing to be like, you know what, no, and then just leave, right? Like, yeah, you can't buy a it, popular car. You've got to buy a color that has been sitting on a lot, which you may not like as much as another color. Stuff like that. Yeah, you, have you know, to the, do, you know? like you need to be the guy that wants that like fluorescent orange one. Well, that you know? um, free advertising right here, Doug DeMiro guy that you listen to bought a mm-hmm. two year old stinger off of a lot in cherry yep. red, you know, yep. not a popular car, not a popular comer, uh, color. Uh, and so. a, a badge that is not necessarily thought that well of, but apparently it's a like super great car. According to him. Yeah. They've, they nailed it with that, that, um, their, their SUV is the number one SUV in the world right now. Yeah. So, you know, I mean the, 
people are sleeping on Kia and Hyundai, but that Telluride slash what was the other one? Palisade. Mm-hmm. Palisade. Um, are flying off the lots. They they can't keep them. I've driven uh, them, and uh, the motors could be better because there's things out there that are turbocharged and drive like the wind. Sure. Um, But you're not buying this to be like, you know... I mean, I would enjoy driving it more if it had 400... Hitting 100 on the highway, right? If it had 400 horsepower, I would enjoy it more. Sure, me too. But <laughs> if it had, okay, yeah. Also, uh, if it had a V eight, that would be great. Cool. Sure. But also, uh-huh. <laughs> but in the real know. world where we live, right, where exactly. you're getting a minivan alternative, it's got 275 horsepower and it's aspirated naturally, which means that it's got a very nice even power band. You just sort of press the gas and it revs up through the gears, nice and smooth. Unlike, you know, a few of the sport SUVs where it's like jerking you every time it shifts and all sorts of stuff like that. But Gotta let the VTEC kick in, bro. <laughs> we tried the Honda Pilot. It was not good. Uh, but the car buying experience is kind of different. So that hardball stuff doesn't really exist because no one's going to the dealer to negotiate. Well, that's not true. Some people are going to the dealer to negotiate. It's a a lot less though, but almost no one is going to the dealer to negotiate. You're doing it via email and they know you're emailing 10 other people. So they'll just say, this is the price I'm going to sell this car for. And that's it. Like there's no reason to keep going back and forth. Yeah. That's, that's so much better, dude. I, and you know, plus with an email offer, you can just be like, I see this in writing. Yeah. Mm, eh. Like I can sleep on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like see, you know the. Yeah. I, I don't have to walk writing, away. I can I, he doesn't have tomorrow. to say I. I can't give this to you if you leave. Sure. You, know, and which you is can show up the next like day, and they won't be like, "Oh yeah, but we added all these things to the car now." It's like, no, that's not what was on the paper. Sorry. Yeah. This email says, "Here's mm-hmm. what I got, and mm-hmm. nothing else." So how about that? I think this will change things for the better in the industry. I think the internet, quote unquote internet salespeople i don't know why they make that distinction but they do um are going to become the more valued members of the dealerships as it goes forward it is a i think it's a generational thing as well too you know our generation uh is starting to you know is becoming older and is buying more cars than our parents generation uh who were you know more versed in that wheeling and dealing kind of talking to the guy and making a deal thing, I feel. Mm-hmm. And the people who grew up with the internet are now kind of just like, what if you sent me an email? <laughs> um, what if yeah, we just I, did know. this thing where you told me your price and we just did that over email and then we signed papers. So apparently whoever we sign with at this point, they all have these digital platforms too. And you do all your paperwork at home and then you come in and get your keys. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the car we bought was before this COVID stuff and we did all the like preliminary stuff through email. And then he showed up at our house with the car. We signed the last papers <laughs> and kept it. Sweet. That's a good deal. Yeah. You didn't have so to wait in front of a finance office for two hours. Like we did. When nope, we bought didn't, our have, last didn't car. have to, didn't have to do any of that. All that stuff happened uh, on the internet. And then we had to sign a waiver allowing him to drive our car to right, us. Right. Sure. In case it gets uh, and, in an accident on the way to you. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, we get there and it still has all the like tape and the <laughs> like uh, the seat covers and stuff on it, you know, because Wait, like. Did someone come with him like a courtesy vehicle or something to pick him up? No, no, no. He took an Uber. Uber back? <laughs> he left. We're like, dude, we could, you know, we could drive you to like somewhere. You don't like, need to just hang outside our house. <laughs> yeah. Like what? He's like, no, man, it's, it's all fine. He came from far away, by the way. He's a relatively long Uber back. He's like, doesn't, I don't care. I, they're paying for it. I'm like, all right, dude. <laughs> nice. It's like a two hour Uber, I think for him. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. He came from Riverside, man. <laughs> wow. Good for him. So anyway, you know, it was a, um, a good experience and i i want more experiences like that buying cars than the like sit in a dealership for two and a half or three hours talking and going back who and forth needs and it who needs it no one, it does no not need it. to be that no anymore it. you're spending so much money so much on money. these vehicles that are supposed to last i mean this some of these vehicles have like seven year warranties now I'm going to spend four hours of my life just arguing about, like, what to put... It's not that type of experience. Yeah. Ugh. The old ways, hopefully. 
I have a uh, car adjacent topic. Okay, car adjacent. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were in our car for several hours last night because we went to the drive-through. Sorry, drive-in. Drive-in. Okay, movies. which wheels did you take? Uh, we took. It's important the to know S- the SUV. The or SUV. Not? Okay. The SUV. Yeah. Okay. SUV to the drive-in. Michael's done this a couple times. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed it. Thoughts? Yeah. Did you listen on the radio? Is that how that works? Yes. Okay. Uh, you could listen. You could listen on any radio, I suppose. If you brought like a handheld radio, I saw some people with those. Oh, cool. Um, you know, your car radio is fine as long as you can keep it from turning off. <laughs> Good point. Which is a thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, so in a lot of cases, though, right? Like it was pretty warm at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end, it was cooler. Uh, but also by the end, there were a lot more cars there. So like our our nice breeze had been blocked by another car that came up next to us. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah. And then like we didn't really want to. We tried to. People were trying to do kind of like one every other and like leave spaces in between so you could see the screen. But it wasn't the screen really. Uh, they were trying to like space people out a little bit. Okay. Um. I mean, this place was not full, right? So there's really no reason to be parked next to anyone when there's like tons of space. Um, but then of course, like, you know, 70% of the way through the movie, this guy pulls up and parks right next to us, which great coming in for the next showing maybe. Yeah, probably. Right. Cause every, every drive-in is like a double feature. You get the first movie and then you get a second movie. And then the first movie repeats generally mm-hmm. if it's short enough or if like, if it's too long, they what were your movies? Two. Uh, our movies were Bill and Ted face the music. Whoa. And then uh spider-man far from home which we did not stay for okay (laughs) i'm Uh, and then i guess we could have seen bill and ted again if we had stayed even later but we weren't planning to stay like that late i don't know which to ask about first (laughs) what's the screen Uh, like at a drive-in and then we'll get to bill and ted because i gotta know uh i mean the screen is fine uh it's a you know i mean it's a up there your car kind of like rocks up onto a little hill so you're kind of angled up a little bit so you can kind of like lean back a little bit in your seats to watch it um because no one has reclining seats uh it, you can but you can do both it, it gives you a better viewing angle to be angled up a little bit so that you're not you're not dependent on the height of the car right in front of you right oh okay gotcha um anyway it, it didn't really matter anyway because we had a pretty good view uh that was not really a problem they kind of uh have the front rows reserved for car cars Okay. So, like, if you and brought then, your sports car, you'd get to go in the front? Probably, right? Gotcha. Um, I think we were at a perfect location. I would not want to be much closer. I feel like I would be craning my head up pretty much. Gotcha. As you got too much closer. Um, but, yeah, Bill and Ted, uh, that was a fun time. Okay. Did it live up to... There wasn't much hype because the movie theater is closed. But right. uh, did it live up to your hopes? Did it live up to our hopes? Your you're you've got all our dreams on your shoulders here uh i i enjoyed it you know um i had recently rewatched those other two movies um you know it, look it can't recapture the magic right it it's it's not bill and ted's excellent adventure you know <laughs> it's never gonna be it's never gonna be um but you know it, it's still fun and Bogus Journey is a like really different film than oh absolutely than the first one, and it's still funny, but it's like it's so nineties. I don't know how to explain it, right? Like that movie has a bunch of like really dated references. It does not hold up as well as the original does, and like there's some jokes that are kind of like okay, like uh, this is kind of cringy now, and this thankfully doesn't have that. Right. Like there's, you know, they reference some like musicians and stuff who, you know, maybe are, are popular now, but like, it's fine. Like they, you know, it, it's not like they're pulling out like one specific nineties dude, like they did in that movie. Right. Yeah. Good point. And you know, that, uh, it's not full of like weird in jokes all the time. Although there are in jokes, if you really know what the other movies were about, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the, it started out slow and then like I, by the end of it, I was like, all right, like, yeah, I like this. This is fun. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was good. I, I had a good time. It was just nice to go and sit somewhere and watch a movie, you know, like a new movie that we hadn't seen before. 
Um, and you know, you can, because because it's a drive-in, you can bring your own stuff. We just had a cooler with like we threw some Reese's in there. We threw some like a soda, threw some waters, popcorn. We popped our own popcorn and stuck it in a bag and brought it. You know, ooh. So like you know, we had our all our own snacks. It didn't have to go anywhere. Didn't have to leave. There were restrooms over on the side, but we didn't need them. You know, it was nice. Real nice. Uh, also contributing to the non-crowdedness of this theater, uh, this drive-in had two screens. The other screen was showing Tenet. I, I've heard this movie, and I have to admit, I've been so busy that I haven't looked it up. Tenet is the new Christopher Nolan movie. Okay. And Christopher Nolan famously saying, I will not let my movie ever come out on streaming. I has to be in a theater. Theaters are the best. Blah, 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 blah. Um. Okay. So they're showing it at drive-ins, apparently. Well, that's Christopher Nolan's prerogative, you know? Yeah. He's uh, but anyway, it was a new release at this theater, so that this is the first week they had it. So there were more people going to that one than this one, um, which worked out for us. Okay. So, yeah, good time. I would go back. Um, I don't know that, like, I... You know, when the when the earliest showing at a drive-in is going to be, like, 8 o'clock, because right, you have to wait, wait until it to get dark. dark. Uh-huh. Um, and not just like the sun be down, it needs to be dark, you know? Sure. Um, you know, you're talking, doing a double feature, you're talking like, okay, the second feature starts at 1030, (laughs) you know, or, you know, depending on how long the movie is, right? It's like, okay, well, Bill and Ted's a shorter movie, so maybe the next feature starting at 930, but like still, man, (laughs) you know, right? then if that's a two hour movie, you know, now you're talking 11, basically midnight and then, you know, so that's a, that's a long night, uh, if you want to be doing all those movies, um. But, you know, it was fun. I I would go back. Cool. I may not go back to... To Blaseball. (laughs) Do I have to never look back as I leave you behind? Did the season already start? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they didn't... uh... Andrew, they never stopped playing. (laughs) With the holiday, I didn't know if they waited an extra day or something. I was out car shopping during the end of the last season, and um, I were the rich that were eaten, JJ. Bummer. Uh, There's a a rule in Blaseball now where if you have too much money, it is redistributed. Uh, It is if you are in the top 1% of monies, your money is taken and redistributed to everyone else. Yeah. Or sorry, the 99%. I... Unfortunately, uh, was unable to spend my money in time and had to do adult things like car shopping. And, uh, I got, I got hosed for it thinking that I would have time before the season ended, but I did not. Oh, well, well now, now we know, um, got to spend your money on Friday to be safe in this. Yep. Uh, in this season, the, one of the, was it decrees that got passed last season? Uh, basically reshuffled all the leagues. Nice. So whatever division, like the good versus evil thing, is all gone. It's now the wild versus the mild leagues. Wild and mild, baby. That's and cool. I like e- that. You're either the wild high or wild low, and mild high and mild low. Uh, so as the Hades Tigers uh, are now part of the mild high division. Mild High. That's mild, right. Man. Mild High Stadium. <laughs> uh yeah, and so our new uh our new what is the word? Uh our new league mates are the uh the Canadian the Canada Moist Talkers, the Kansas City Breath Mints, Dallas Stakes, and Seattle Garages. Not so great, but not terrible. I'm happy we didn't get stuck with the crabs who look like they are going to be unstoppable this season. Oh boy. Uh, They got some sort of bonus, I guess they, they got a bunch of the blessings this season. Oh no. Yeah. So it's going to be rough. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, there's a, a bloodbath going on in that, uh, does that mean in the bloodbath each season, Teams that are blood donors will donate stars to a division opponent that finishes behind them. What is a star? Oh, like one of one their of players' your team stars. stars. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, unclear how many stars are being uh, 
being uh, donated there. So you basically the teams in front end up giving up stars from their players to the teams behind them. Oh gosh, uh, that sucks pretty bad. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, terrible. But also they introduce new ways to make money. Uh, oh really? You can yeah you can pick an idol, okay. an idol i d o l idol. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you, and you pick a player from any team, and then you get to buy um, upgrades for your idol that essentially allow you to earn coins when that player does things. So you can earn coins when your player gets a hit. Uh, you could earn coins when they get a strikeout, coins when they get a home run, coins when they pitch a shutout, uh, stuff like this. Okay. And that's uh, you know all new things to spend your coins on to help you earn more coins. Who'd you pick as your idol Jessica Telephone. I mean, come on. That's the, really everybody's, right? That's got to be everybody's. I mean, it's got to be popular. Um, but you don't get a ton of coins per hit, right? So, like, I'm currently getting uh, 20... Uh, I currently earn 10 coins per hit. And that is a thing you can upgrade, I guess? Yes, you can. Yeah. I see. Um, Has the website started working any better than it's been working before? I mean, I haven't really been having problems with it, so I don't... Okay, I have some trouble where, like, I have to keep logging re-logging in to be able to place my bets yeah. and stuff yeah it doesn't remember my login most of the time but once the login gets in there it usually is okay okay um but yeah blaze ball still still crazy man <laughs> I, as much as the craziness around it is crazy there's not it hasn't changed what you do really which is look at the percentages and bet you know, mm-hmm. I don't know the uh, what else you're supposed to do. The decrees from this season are pretty hot. Uh, there is a enhanced party time decree oh. for when it when a team is in party time. Uh, party time in in baseball is when you are mathematically eliminated from the postseason. Do you did they? Hmm, why did they not tell you what the decrees did last season? Or the, uh, I think they didn't want people to like be strategizing about what they could pick because they were going to shuffle the leagues and they didn't want people to be like trying to game uh, it. Ah, got it. Okay. I think I think no matter which of the decrees went into effect, unless they the do nothing one went through, they mm-hmm. were going to be shuffling the leagues. Oh, okay, interesting. Because I think the I think the parallel one happened mm-hmm. as opposed to the diagonal so one. It's just which changed there was. how the leagues got shuffled. Probably, yeah. And then there was a do-nothing, right, which also could have done something. Uh, but enhanced party party time is you have a chance of receiving random permanent stat boosts during party time games for teams that are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> uh, there is an, a decree for called New Kids, which is incinerate the least idolized player on every team. Yes. Sounds good. So it, whatever your team is, if they have some person who's terrible and no one likes. Okay. Burninated. Burninate. So you can only have one idol, right? Yes. And, and you, I, you can change your idol also by paying coins the same way you can how, change your How team. many coins do you need to pick to, to have to pick an idol? I believe you get one for free at the start. Oh. But you don't earn anything for free. So you have to buy the thing to earn to start things. upgrading it i assume it's still better to upgrade your betting you first st- you certainly make more money betting yeah okay. certainly gotcha but right you know then you also are uh you know you have to win the bet <laughs> i was pretty miffed about the um i was pretty miffed about the thing with the thing but uh i think i'll get over it losing all my money was pretty annoying but if i'm able to claw my way back after this season and make some money, then I'll probably play, keep playing. It is a dumb thing to, it's a waste of time. Just, yeah, (laughs) just to see like what silly stuff they're going to do. It's a complete waste of time, but it's still fun. Um, speaking of waste of times that are fun. I, I'm starting to like a game, JJ. That's good. What's wrong with that? It has zombies in it. I think we've been over on this podcast a little bit. Um, 
it's hard to like a game for me with zombies. It's hard to like anything with zombies for me. I generally don't like the zombie genre, uh, Walking Dead notwithstanding. It often is uh, jump scares, and I don't need to keep going into it. It's not philosophical. I don't like it. Sometimes it scares me. Sometimes I think it uh, makes for bad writing. Done, right? But uh, like a lot of things, if you have exposure therapy to it, uh, you kind of get used to it. And so that game, State of Decay 2, which I've been playing with that crew... I have uh, become somewhat immune to the fear factor of that game. And I've actually been playing a a little bit more of it recently. I think I like the genre more than I thought I would. Okay. I'm talking about the genre of zombie games. No, the the genre of like... You had a good name for that genre where you got to go out and get resources and make, it's not a resource manager so much as spinning game, not a plate spinning game because it is don't keep coming crashing down on you. Oh, Um, they don't come crashing down yet. That's you're not spinning enough plates. Got to spin more plates. But the idea of like a building up a base of things in the apocalypse and help that like the, yeah, make your base and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, you're talking about like management type games, management type of game. Yeah. I think I would, Maybe enjoy if someone made a look. Someone should make a Star Wars management game or a Star Trek management game like that, like State of Decay. It might be the only game I ever play. Mm. That's all I'm saying. They we put did, zombies in it though, and then I don't. No, know don't I do that. that. Do not do not do the zombies in it. Well, we see, did but the thing, thing about State of Decay is that it's a zombie game, so they're going to want to be like, oh well, zombies though. Yeah, I get it, but if somebody made anyway. Somebody made that. There was a really hard thing we did the other night, and I actually had quite a bit of fun doing it. Yeah. Do uh, you did a multiplayer thing? Yeah, it was a multiplayer. You have to attack these, like, essentially uh, invulnerable zombie uh, spawning bases, almost. Uh, okay. And you get, like, if you attack them, the, like, telepathic or whatever link of these things calls all the near ones... And, uh, it's, it's hectic and scary and, and it's like a different experience than the rest of that game, which is mostly like, uh, most of the time you're an invincible badass that can just kill all the zombies. If you just walk around with a hatchet, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was terrifying. You had to have the right weaponry. You had to pre-plan even with the pre-planning things were going haywire the entire time. We were all screaming at each other. Uh, our poor friend of the pod, Dixon, lost a character to permadeath. Uh, it's the the way of the permadeath. Yep. Yeah. It was it was an experience that we hadn't done yet, and it was exciting. Anyway, state of decay update. Okay. Last update for the night. Should we talk some Final Fantasy? Yeah, man. Have How you been? Been playing? I have changed what I've done in that game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Based on your suggestions last time, I am playing the game as a wandering battle simulator. And it seems like the game they intended people to play. Putting gambits on the main character is a godsend. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, please. I didn't. Yes. I didn't. I mean, I was trying to play it like a Final Fantasy game. Keep pausing the menu. Keep doing the the attacks mm-hmm. letting the game play itself so much better <laughs> oh my god yeah okay yeah it's a uh the game it, it, trying to manage all that is not only not needed but actively disinteresting in the game because so many of the enemies are just like who cares? They're You're almost walkovers. Almost all. You're going to murder this this poor wolf, and it like even even super wolf, the like the level the leveled up wolf that you meet later in the game. You're still going to murder that wolf too. It doesn't pose any threat. So like yeah, it just you just walk forward until your guys get into a combat, and then they kill you, and then it's over. Hmm. So. Okay. I 
I am glad that we talked about that and Yeah. I uh I I am curious though, you said you are you changed how you're playing it. Is it making you like playing it more or are you still just kinda like eh? It's a hard question. I'm glad you asked it. I'm stalling while I think about it. I'm continuing to talk so that it's not dead air on a podcast. <laughs> this is where Michael would be so helpful. <laughs> he nods. He nods sagely into the microphone. I think that it increased my enjoyment of the battle system quite a bit. I've begun to dislike a lot of the level design of the game. Mm-hmm. Of Wait, the, when like, you say level, are you talking about dungeons, the overworld? Not the overworld the, so much as, yeah, the dungeons being like, well, i got to go down that dead hallway that I can see already. Because they give you the maps almost every time ahead of going through the dungeons. Like I wish you make, they always gave them to you ahead, but yes. What's that? I wish they always gave them to you ahead of time. Oh, interesting. Okay. It Frequently, I feel that I am now finding them like somewhere within the dungeon. So you yeah. have to wander around blind for a while, and okay. then you pick up a map, and it's like... Oh, I should have gone this other way. I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, interesting. I'm maybe I've made the right turn a couple times because one world, one like hallway in, I'm usually finding the chest that has it. Um, or I'm just getting lucky and it's RNG. I don't know. Michael knows the answer to that. It's another maps aren't RNG. Okay. Uh, I find the dungeon designs to be a little bit bland. Yeah, I I think I agree with that. I think there are a lot of dungeons in this game. Yeah. A lot of buildings, a lot of forests, a lot of places you're going to go. And uh, they get a little samey. Square long hallways with branches that you shouldn't go down. Yeah. And maybe you should go down some of them because there's like some some cool monsters down there. But your observation last time of it's always 45 gill was completely correct. So so notice I didn't say there were chests down there. (laughs) That's not why you go down there. You only go down there because there's like. And actually, like, that's even the wrong way to think about it, too. It's not because the monsters there are cool. It's because you're looking for something specific, right? Like, I don't go down, you know, you proceed along the main path if you're proceeding along the main path, right? Sure. But if you're in this cavern looking for a hunt, uh, a mark, sorry, a mark, right? Hunts or have you, marks. Yes. Uh, or you're there because you're trying to farm a chain of things specifically, right, so you need sure. to hit specific enemies. Or you're trying to do, like, um, you know, find uh, some other rare monster type things uh, that are generally found off the beaten path. Then, like, you know, there are reasons to explore around. But if you're just trying to go through the game and play the game, don't do that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, kill monsters as you need to level up or whatever so you don't, like, feel like you're getting crushed. But don't, like, just you know, go try to look down every corner. There's, there's no benefit. There's no benefit. And in a lot of cases, you will have to come back to these dungeons. If you're trying to do all the marks and stuff, because the marks, like you don't pick up a mark for that dungeon before the dungeon, you pick it up afterwards. So, but you know, I mean, there are teleport stones and stuff afterwards. So then, you know, it's less bad in that instance. Yeah. The other observation I've had while playing it this last uh, week is, one that I think maybe we don't have a full discussion on now, but I'm starting to notice that I don't think this game doesn't feel like it's Van's story as much as a story of things that happened around this guy. We will have this discussion another time. (laughs) It's astute of you to notice, right? It feels. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you the early game, right? Like, so, you know, the parts you've played, I'm sure, right? Like, you know, you, you come up on this kid, like, how does he tie into the whole, he clearly like, ties political in situation? Because his brother was there with Bosch. Right. Uh, so, you know, there's that relationship. But honestly, I am struggling to see why it matters. Like, why are they bringing him along <laughs> at this point, you know? There was a, definitely a moment where I was like, why does balthier give anything about i mean like obviously like at a certain point he has that um crystal they need mm-hmm. but also why does he care <laughs> yeah yeah uh like, yeah like, well, it, would this game be 
I'm, I wonder if I'm struggling because I don't connect as much with Van as I do with like the side, the quote unquote side characters. I have heard many different people posit that there are multiple other people in this game that they wish were the protagonist. Okay. Uh, so anyway, we'll have that discussion when Michael gets back, because I think there's a lot of interesting things to probe there and some of it may be spoiler stuff for you. So I don't, I want to find out exactly how far you are before we talk about that stuff. Okay. And that'll be better to have when Michael comes back. So 10, four, get ready folks. We're going to have that talk some week. Yeah. Maybe next. I like this. I like that. Uh, I hope other people are playing along with us. And if you are, uh, where would you send us an email? Oh, you could send that to podcast at we were com, the place we talked about before. Uh, you could also leave comments on our YouTube videos, uh, you know, like them and hit that notify button on there. That's a great place. We were gamers on YouTube. Search that out. Please subscribe. Uh, we're also on your podcast apps, Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the hey thing. Anywhere it is, we're there. Uh, we're on Facebook.com slash We Were Gamers, Instagram We Were Gamers, social media We Were Gamers. We're on there. Beautiful. We're not on TikTok, though. Sorry. Um, No, I don't want my password stolen.